recorded live. Welcome to the Front Porch Political Talk Show with your host, Hatton Humphrey, bringing you thoughtful comments on the news of the day, as well as lessons from the past and insights into things to come. We offer our comments and invite you to add your own. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, May 3rd, 2015. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show. My name is Hatton Humphrey. I thank everyone for listening in. Our show is produced through TalkShoe, which provides two ways to be a part of the call. You can dial in area code 724-444-7444. TalkCast ID is 75570. You can also join us in the web-based text chat at TalkShoe.com slash TC slash 75570. We also streamed the recording session into the Republican Party of Second Life's headquarters uh, at uh, Cheertopia, and we thank them for their support. And, um, sorry, (laughs) a little bit of distraction here. Uh, Now, if you're listening through Red State Talk Radio, through Stitcher.com, or in your favorite podcast player, you can join us live. You can... Join us for recording sessions every Sunday at 9 o'clock p.m. You can also send us email to conservativepodcast at gmail.com, uh, or you can um, post comments on the website at frontporchtalk.net, where you'll find the last 16 episodes of this show, as well as the three, almost 400 episodes of the uh, East Coast Conservative Podcasts. For those that have not uh, listened to the show in the past, we do like to start off with something fun, something interesting, something different. Now, I've heard of a lot of different days. This one took me by surprise because, well, yesterday was World Naked Gardening Day. Not to be confused with Earth Day, where where some folks like to, um, you know... Well, it has nothing to do with gardening. Well, yeah, this has nothing to do with, yeah, that has nothing to do with gardening. This, you're supposed to go um, and bear it all while you're digging in the dirt. Can I give an an admonition to this whole thing? Sure. I I would advise a great deal of caution smelling the flowers. (laughs) Yes, be be very careful smelling. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going back under my rock now. Yeah, my wife said, especially if you're trimming the roses. Um, yeah, and you don't want to. You don't want to be. Um, well, uh, I can't. I can't say half of the jokes you that should, are coming you should into let my it go. head. Just let it go. <laughs> I can't say half the jokes that are coming to my head. Insert your bad gardening slash body body landscaping pun here. There's nothing like swinging a hole while buck naked in the in the wilderness. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I, I guess I wouldn't either. Um, yeah, apparently this has been a quote unquote annual tradition since 2005. Uh, where is this? Spotsylvania somewhere or something? I, I don't know. 
Um, uh, Iowa. I, I I believe it's in Iowa. Yeah, this is uh, this was a press release on whatever the the website for World Naked Gardening Day. Uh, it says our culture needs to move towards a healthy sense of both uh, of both body acceptance and our relation to the natural environment. Um, I I think this is fairly closely related to the people who want a uh, free pass into the girls' locker room. Well, I mean, I think this is sponsored honestly by a nudist camp. Oh, okay. Well, which which does make a little bit more sense, but yeah, I guess I guess sure. I'll shut up. Not a lot more. Um, what was I doing? I I I, I don't know what you were doing. Uh, I quite honestly, I, I'm I, I can't even remember what I was doing after that picture popped up on my screen. Um, Maddie is here with with a two-headed goat. Oh boy. Or two-headed. Oh no! Now it's resolved into one. Okay. Well, um, not a goat. Let's. You know, <laughs> tonight we're setting the stage, or or some folks have set the stage, and you know, I guess World Naked Gardening Day is a is one way that you can set the stage. Um. But another way that you can do it is by trashing your hometown because somebody was arrested, and then treated badly, and died in police custody was killed i think is the words you were looking for uh that is that is the charge actually the charge is not that he was directly killed the charge is that the malicious um disregard for human life on behalf of a black police officer led to freddie gray's death the charge against the driver is with intent He's the one charged with second degree. Okay. Pretty sure. The rest are the rest are charged with negligence of one kind or another. But okay. the driver, the guy who supposedly was executing the rough ride, he's been the lady stuck him with intentional homicide. In, Hello. Oh, homo, homo, uh, death resulting from in, the intent to do great bodily harm or something. But she said second degree murder. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Ken Art wanted to jump in on this one. Oh. Yeah. Hi. Hi, guys. How you doing? Um, Good. Look, I was just, uh, you know, checking out the show notes, and I had noticed, you know, Freddie Gray's rap sheet. So I said some, you know, I commented to my wife. I was like, Wow, this guy got busted like twenty times, you know, on some serious stuff. And so she had said to me, she said, Well, well, she was getting for work, ready for work Friday morning. On um, you guys are from New York, so I don't know if you're familiar with 1010 Winds News. It's a uh, uh, you know all news radio station here in New York. Uh, okay. You know you can get it online, but anyway, as she's getting ready for work, she hears that one of somebody else who was arrested and was in the van, okay, told Winds News that Gray was banging his head off of a protrusion or a, um, a bolt inside the van, repeatedly, he was doing this. And the cops had stopped the van to check out what was going on, you know, check out the commotion. And he, the witness said that the cops had never touched Gray at all. 
So, you know, but maybe they were negligent. If he injured himself, banging himself off, you know, banging his head off the side of the, inside the van, and they didn't do anything about it, and, you know, they didn't radio out to an ambulance or something like that, then they were negligent. Absolutely. But if the charge that, you know, they're, they're trying to stick on them is, you know, it's, it's, it, well, you know, it's politically correct. You know, they're going for, you know, it's political. So, and, uh, well, and, and the, the, the amazing thing is, is that, you know, this, the, the driver of the van is, and, and this is, this has to be pointed out, is a black cop. Right. Well, also, as the chief of police and the mayor are black too, aren't they? And yeah. the, and the state's attorney. And the state's attorney. So, I mean, so, you know, what, what are people trying to do here? You know, it's, it's, you know, it's 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 it, you know it reeks of uh, <laughs> I don't know I don't even know what to say. You know, you're thinking the worst. You know, w- with stuff like this. You know, who's trying to do what? Guess, guess you know, who uh, one of the largest contributors to the state's attorney's campaign was? What? What was that? The lawyer for the Gray's family. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh really? my God! <laughs> there you go. That's all you need to know, it's, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little smelly, but I, on the other yeah. hand, I mean. That doesn't change the fact. I just had this big fight with a bunch of lefties mm-hmm. uh, in a different group here this afternoon, and we didn't make a lot of progress. But their, one of their points was that all of that stuff being true or false, in the end, the guy died in custody. And mm-hmm. if he did harm himself, you know, that, that's, they have protocols for that. They got suicide watches. They take away shoestrings. They won't let you have your belt. And this right. guy was known to be uh, prone to harm himself. And and the uh, apparent story is that they went back there a couple of times to calm him down, and eventually they they shackled him and just threw him on his stomach on the floor. But right. by that so, time, he had already harmed himself, apparently, or he had already been harmed by being bounced around the back. We don't know the whole truth of that. Right, uh, but the, according to what the witness is saying, the witness is saying that he was, it, whether the, it was a rough ride or not, that he initially was banging his head off of something inside the van. And the cops were guilty if they didn't call an ambulance, you know, to meet them at the precinct, if they were going to the precinct to, do, uh, to book them, or to stay there and wait for the ambulance to come, then, you know, that's where the cops are negligent. But uh, as, as far as them beating him, the witness says he was never touched by the police. Well, no, yeah. there, there, was, there was no allegation of beating at all. The, the allegation was mm-hmm. that one of the witnesses said they folded him up like origami. Unquote. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's that, that, you know, the thing is, is that right now we are pre-trial. We are... Um, we are at a point in time where the uh, where the charges have been penned against the the police, mm-hmm. and the the um, the the results of the investigation into his death, I I believe, have not been released. Mm-hmm. I think they were supposed to be released on Friday, and they were not. <laughs> and honestly, uh, I, well, and and honestly, I think you know it, it, we can only run right now on conjecture. You know, we can't for the say, most part. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there was the, re- the results of the tox screen have leaked out, and apparently he was high on heroin and marijuana. Well, look at his track record. So it's not yeah, that well, far out of the, you but, know, but the, the realm point of possibility. Is, in, in that van, he was out of his gourd. So, right. 
Now, uh, Carson, our soon-to-be uh, medical doctor, GOP candidate, neurosurgeon, said that it's really not possible for a person to break their own neck by banging their head on the wall. Well, if he's completely sober, that might be true. But if mm-hmm. he's completely bombed out of his mind and high on heroin and marijuana and can't feel a thing, I don't think that statement is true anymore. So well, I'm, I'm willing you know, to agree. He could be that relaxed. His muscles could be that relaxed where there's no support. But uh, one of the things I want uh, I just want well, to the point I is go. there's no inhibition. Right. You and right. I try to put our head on and run against the wall. The body will stop. It will with, with against our will. The body will start skidding its feet and refuse to bang its head on the wall. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you're completely stoned on heroin and other things. You, those inhibitions go away. So you can run full speed in, into a wall with your head and right. regret it later, but you don't stop soon enough. So, I mean, th- all of this will come out as, as the narratives get refined. But what, well, what, what, I think what, what we do know is the lady there, the state's attorney, clearly, well, I mean, the, the, the fact that against standard procedure, she decided not to submit it to a grand jury. She decided to... Uh, uh, declare the indictments herself. Right. Very, yeah. very unusual. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it stinks from one end to the other. It does. And you know what? I think, you know, people are in positions where they get in front of that microphone and, you know, the, the general public in general, they're, mis- they're uninformed and they're, they're reacting off emotion. And even here in New York City, over the last, uh, I think, Wednesday to Friday, they had arrested, people were protesting, they arrested over 200 people in that period. And they're ramping, people are getting ramped up all over the place, and nobody's doing anything to stop it. And I think this woman, this attorney general who got up in front of that microphone, I don't think she did anything to help that situation. You know, and it's really a shame what's happening, you know, with Michael Garner and, and you know, down in Mississippi, it's, it really is, it's, you know, something's really wrong. That's all I'm trying to say. You know, I mean, there are, people are going out there in the streets and they're doing things that, you know, and people in positions of responsibility are not helping the situation at all. And that's all I, I got to say, okay? I'm going to check out. And, let, uh, let, let, me, let me finish up. Sure. Thank, mm-hmm. Thanks there, uh, Jenard. The Maddie in Second Life said two useful things. <laughs> she said, number one, origami is a big word for Baltimore residents. So there's that aside. And then she said something that has something worth thinking about. She says, she, meaning the state's attorney, may have ironically set it up so the cops, even if they're guilty, might get off on appeal because of misconduct. Wow. (laughs) What's true? I mean, there there, there is clear possibility that we have already seen prosecutorial misconduct as evidenced by the fact that um, against normal practice, she does have the discretion to do it, but she's got to have good cause to do it. She decided not to trust the case to a grand jury. Well, I read in in the New York Times over the weekend that uh, a few people who are familiar with cases like these said that she had reacted, the AG, she had reacted way too fast and kind of put her foot you know, she put herself in a hole, you know, politically. There's, like, kind of no escape for her now. You know what I mean? She can't get out of this easy, you know. So, you know, she, she may have been looking to make a name for herself, 
and jumping into this thing whole hog, but she's not go you know according to uh, what I read uh, people familiar with these types of cases they're saying that she's not really doing herself any good there's no way she's going to come out uh good looking good on any angle on uh, just because of what she did win lose or draw they're going to put her in a drawer and never never open the drawer right the, the, the democrats are going to do that because she's broke, uh, you know damaged goods now Yes, she is. Mm-hmm. I just I just realized I've had myself muted here the whole time. Okay, guys. Toa wanted, to wanted, wanted to uh, throw in a counterpoint. Go ahead, Toa. Yeah. And then, then we need to move to the next One thing next I noticed article. is there seem to be a lot, of, a lot of articles like this that are basically character assassination of the victim. Yeah, it's true. He, he had a rap sheet. That doesn't justify killing him. No, it doesn't. And, and here's, no, here's the point. Let, let me finish. But I want to get in there when you're done. You have, you're, yeah. you're changing the you earth. You have this witness saying he was banging his head, and maybe that did some damage. You know, what also, you know what can also do some damage? And we've known this for decades. Being in the back of a moving vehicle without a seatbelt, which we know happened because they've said it happened, that, that can also cause damage. So I, I don't think you can just immediately dismiss that possibility and say, well, we have a witness who, from my understanding, was also a a um, felon. A, a felon, yes. And who knows if <laughs> this guy is trustworthy. Yeah. But is it? we've known for decades, if you're in a vehicle without a seatbelt on and that vehicle makes a sudden stop, you're going to get hurt and you might get killed. Okay, I want to make a first. first. Okay, let me let me let me before before we get too further down this. The reason that I included this story, yeah, and I under and, and it kind of changed from the time that I originally pulled it. Um, <clears throat> but the reason that I that I wanted to bring this up was because this is the person that the people, the good, God fearing law-abiding people of the city of Baltimore have chosen to burn their own town down for. That was the reason that I pulled it. Not to say that because he has a rap sheet longer than both his arms wrapped around a tree trunk that, that, he, that he doesn't deserve justice if, he, you know, if the police acted, you know, acted malignantly. No, what that was, was not the was reason the that I pulled it. What was the charge? What was the for, for each one of the guys? What was the first charge that the state's attorney charged them with? It was know. it was illegal arrest. Uh, the allegation was that here's this innocent black guy walking down a street, and because he made eye contact with uh, an officer. Uh, they they tried to arrest him and he ran and they tackled him and they basically injured him and so and and that's uh, uh, allegedly illegal. Now what changes that is you have some cops driving around on their bicycles and they see uh, a man a known felon a, an active offender who has a, uh, a rap sheet which includes burglary, burglary and violence and lots and lots of drug stuff behaving suspiciously on the street. 
and they make eye contact with him and begin to approach. At that point, the fleeing felon rule comes into effect. They can no longer use lethal force, but he can't run. If he runs, he's breaking the law. And, and so the arrest was not illegal. And, and the reason it was not illegal is what's in that rap sheet. The cops had every reason to have probable cause that he could have been up to something. If this was just some guy off the street, then there's, that's a different case. But this was not just some guy off the street. This was a, a known felon, a, a known active offender doing it again. So, yeah, he may have gotten killed, but the original confrontation between the police, they're approaching him, letting him know that they wanted to talk to him, was perfectly legal, perfectly according to protocol. Right. And, and that means and, and, stable to the wall. And the, you know, I guess, again, my point had less to do with his arrest and more to do with what, with what the good God-fearing Christian law-abiding citizens of the, town, of the city of Baltimore are doing and whose name they're doing it in. Okay. That, that, was, that was my point. He is a so real, real, real quick, Joseph, tag on. Okay, if Freddie would have been shot in a bad drug deal, would they still be rioting? And the answer is probably no. But because it was done in the presence of law enforcement, like the last three cases in America over the last few years, there has been a swing in civil unrest because law enforcement was involved. And to correct the record, the the, um, attorney general did charge them under Maryland law. Those officers have the option of going to a grand jury. They can waive this or go directly to trial, or they can take it to the grand jury, and the grand jury can come back with no bill. Now, if they're acquitted in a jury trial, or if they're acquitted in a grand jury trial, you're likely to see the same thing that happened during the Rodney King incident in the early 90s. The main thing you have so, to focus so on... So do you think, do you, do you think and, and I'm going to say my answer to this is yes, but do you think that the reason that the Attorney General brought the charges when she did and in the manner in which she did to appease the mob? Oh, this was purely political. Because, I hate to say it like this, but the body wasn't even cold before the uh, the charges were brought against these officers. They have, not all the facts have been laid out. And if I were the, the lawyer for these officers, I would take this to the grand jury first off and see if they can get an indictment. Because from everything that I'm hearing, there it, it's, it's going to be hard to get an indictment, especially on that second-degree murder charge. Well, I mean, this is gonna this is gonna this is gonna unravel and re-ravel about four times before they get. You know, yeah, I, th- I think it. you're right. I think you're right. But now, we, we've said everything. You know, I think we know how to say about this for the time being. I, I think you're right. Now, now I, we've said this, and surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, two Maryland House members on Sunday defended um, Marilyn Mosby amid criticism that her decision to bring charges against six city police officers in connection with the death of Freddie Gray was politically motivated. Um, 
uh, Maryland Democratic Representative Donna Edwards told Fox News Sunday, I think she did an incredible job of laying out the probable cause findings. Um, In addition, um, Representative Elijah Cummings, Democrat uh, whose district includes Baltimore City, said he feels very comfortable with what Mosby has done. If, if nobody else has got anything, uh, let me jump in here. Let's do a thought experiment. Let's set up a situation where uh, Edwards and Cummins uh, stayed out late at the fair and um, the following morning were absolutely unconscious, and they stayed that way till 2 in the afternoon. And they come to their senses, quick shave and brush their teeth, and one of their aides runs in and says, uh, we have a case in Baltimore and everybody's criticizing the attorney, the, the state's attorney. What do you think? So these two people know absolutely nothing about what actually happened. This is a thought experiment. What, they, what are they going to say? Oh, yeah. They're going to say, so then I fully support Mosley, and uh, I'm perfectly comfortable with whatever she's doing. They would have said exactly the same words. Their support for her is not in any way dependent upon what she actually did, the strength or validity of her work. It's strictly knee-jerk politics. True. So you know, holding them up as an example of vindication doesn't work very well, particularly Cummins. I mean, he's the guy, because of his rank, uh, his seniority, gets to put himself on every committee and be the pain in the butt whenever the Republicans are trying to do something. And, you know, and he did a very good job of that. Anyhow, so that was... I would liken Eliza Cummings to almost like an Al Sharpton or a Jesse Jackson. They've been around in the movement for 50-plus years, but they have done more to hurt the cause and to hurt the people they are trying to represent than anyone else in politics. Elijah Cummings has been serving this district for 20-plus years and is one of the most deplorable areas of the world. And that was the public, the nation, got their eyes opened by the rioting. Now, this man may live in his high horse in his uh, ivory tower in Washington, while the rest of his constituents burn the place down. This man is a piece of garbage, and he's always been a piece of garbage. I don't know what happened to him. I, well, I, I do know what happened to him. The power, the money, and the influence got to him. So as far as him being a good spokesman for the people at this point, no, he's not. He's just a political hack that looks like a turtle. Casey says, well, you got to be good at something. <laughs> No, I mean, he's. He, I wouldn't uh, trot him to the UN and hold, hold him up as their favorite American. No. <clears throat> I want any either. Oreo cookies. Yeah, let's let's talk about Oreo cookies because that's the, you know, I, I gotta I gotta tell you, the 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 going from irate politicians and 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 mob rule to school lunches is a bit of a jump. It's an interesting stage to walk in on because uh, we have the case of a mother uh, in, um, uh, in in Aurora, Colorado, surprise, 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 um, who was out of fruit and vegetables one day, 
So instead, she tucked a pack of Oreos in her daughter Natalie's lunch, her four-year-old daughter Natalie's lunch. Let's get that state attorney. We need to deal with this. Yes, we do. Um, get the mob moving in, in Aurora, Colorado. That's it. Pearson said she was stunned when her four-year-old came home later in the day with the cookies untouched and a sternly note, worded note from the school that read, it is very important that all students have a nutritious lunch. This is a public school setting, and all children are required to have a fruit, a vegetable, and a healthy snack from home along with milk. If they have potatoes, the child will also need to be, need bread to go along with it. Lunchables, chips, fruit snacks, and peanut butter are not considered to be a healthy snack. This is a very important part of our program, and we need everyone's participation. <laughs> well, that I mean, we, we, we've been through you this. You are a bad mother. Yeah. You are a bad mother. We will take the child away from you as soon as possible because you don't know how to feed the child right. Because instead of learning, instead of teaching the kids reading, writing, and arithmetic, we're going to teach them how to... Um, one, be a Democrat, and two, how to eat healthy. Well, and not only that, but they didn't allow her allow the child to eat her food. Now, if that kid had been trained right, she should have started vomiting and thrown herself in a in a hysterical fit on the floor and demanding to see the doctor because she was having low sugar. But that that didn't happen. That's <laughs> Jenner, too bad. Jenner, Jenner just asked, what if what if the daughter was hypoglycemic? Which yeah. would also be diabetic. Um. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, we've had this conversation about the schools, and we 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 keep coming to this. The, the feds bribe the schools because of the first lady um, compelling uh, Congress and other people in the Department of Education to implement her wishes. Um, they they have compelled the schools to write policies, and then they hide behind the policies they they themselves have written and said you can't blame me it's the policy, and this goes on and on and on and and the policy because it's policy now even though it completely violates their their rights as parents, it's policy. What do you want me to do? Well, you wrote the damn policy. Well, no, um, you know, that, that was a long time ago in the policy stance, and, and there are never any consequences. We, we have to come to grips with the question, how do we make these tyrants pay consequences? Well, We've never all, found a way. Separation well, of school and, and state. It bears, it bears remembering that you say that they bribe these schools. In a very real sense, they bribe the schools with money they've taken from them because by taking so much money for federal taxes, you leave less for the state taxes that could be paying for it or the city. So it, the schools are, are, are running dry. It, yeah, and, and they know it because they did it. Yep. Well said. Uh, it's it's this, the exact <clears throat> same thing happens with the uh, highway funds. Why do you think the, the whole country now has a drinking age of 21? It's because oh, the feds that. decided, hey, we want a drinking age of 21, and we're going to keep you, or we're not going to give you any highway funds that we took yep. from you until yep. you change re- your law. I remembered when that happened because I was 17 when that happened, and it was, and the drinking age was 18 where I lived. And then they bumped it to 21. Louisiana was the last bastion of hope for the 18 law. 
and it went to 21 only six months before, no, actually three months before my my 18th birthday. But it was all because of the highway law. Mm-hmm. Now, what you have here, you have the Department of Education, which was created in the late 70s by the Carter administration, coupled with the Department of Agriculture, who knew that schools could not afford to feed their students on their own dime, meaning you can't have federal, you can't have state and local funding for the meal program. So you had the Department of Education and the Department of Agriculture, which joined forces to implement the school lunch programs. The problem with that is it is federalized. So any little whim that any little bureaucrat in Washington wants to do is going to do it. Now, this trickles down to these schools where if they there's inspectors from the from the federal government that come that randomly come into schools and if they see things like an Oreo cookie bag, you're going to hit the school and the school system with fines or a cut in the funding because it doesn't go with the mainstream of what these schools should be serving their students or what these students should be eating. Well, and, you know, you know, a lot of this does tie back to um, uh, the First Lady's um, fitness and nutrition programs that, you know, as has been said, have been, you know, she has no power to write law, but she does have the power to influence other organizations. You know, it's. I mean, it's not influence. She, she, that she's like Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, basically, Eleanor Roosevelt got to do whatever the hell she wanted, so long as she didn't bother her husband. And that's what that's the same situation Michelle is in, and frankly, so was Hillary. Uh, you can go do whatever you want. You can make all the trouble you want, but don't bother me, and don't ever come into the Oval Office. Well. And, Michelle's cause is fighting obesity. Okay, great. One of the problems with with America is you have a population that doesn't have to work because the, the, the government will take care of you from cradle to grave. If you're just sitting around waiting for your benefits to arrive, you're going to get fat doing it. This is, the only con- this is the only country in the history of the world where the poor are fat because they don't have to work for anything. And on a personal note, if Michelle wanted to be someone, a champion for this cause, why does she go on these talk shows and eat everything in sight? And why does it? Why does she need a second plane? It's, it's the only time she gets a chance to. She's directed no, her personal. she does this probably on a daily basis. The shelves at the White House are probably some of the best in the world. These people mm-hmm. eat like kings. I don't see her eating rice cakes and kale on a daily basis, more or less, she's eating foie gras and filet mignon. Because she's not practicing what she preaches. (laughs) There's a reason why it takes a second aircraft just for her backside. (laughs) Okay. Let's let's move on. You know, while some schools are, are, you know, are keeping four-year-olds from eating Oreos. There are others that are um, that need to be praised, and I wanted to include this article. Um, and that is at North Thurston High School. It's this is coming from 
um, Lacey Washington, where a student pulled out a gun and fired two shots from a fully loaded revolver at North Thurston High School Monday. Apparently, he pulled the gun and pulled the, shot the gun up in the air. I don't know if he was trying to get attention or if he was just the worst shot ever. Um, thankfully, was, no one he was hurt from he the was gunfire. Scaring, he was scaring off bullies. Scaring off bullies. Yeah, he was being bullied, and it had been an ongoing thing, so he brought a gun to school. And I don't know whether he was currently being bullied or they were looking at him, but he fired the gun to warn them off, mm-hmm. which doesn't excuse the dumb A, stealing the gun, and B, shooting it at school. But on the other hand, you know, they're, they're, we, we need not ignore the extenuating circumstances here. What no. he did was really no. stupid, but but those the monsters that were bullying him that drove him to that will uh, all depend on the very well paid lawyers from their rich parents, I guess, and they will have no consequences. Well, the the important the reason I included this is because um, a, a a high school what teacher, the teacher did. did what he was supposed did did an amazing thing and ran towards the sound of the gunfire and tackled the shooter now whether he whether the kid had the gun because of bullies or because of brain damage if he ran toward the fire he ran toward the sound of the weapons i exactly. mean that's something they work real hard to train you to do in the military and it's mm-hmm. tough <laughs> It and, is. And, 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 and the, the, did you know the guy was a volunteer, a, a part-time volunteer kind of guy? Yeah, he's he's a history teacher and a, I believe a coach. Yeah, I mean, it, um, it, it just did an amazing thing. It just exactly, uh, and that's the, um, you know, the, um, the the gentleman's name, Mr. Olson. Um, tackled him, and um, the student's being held at Thurston County Juvenile Detention Center for investigation of a number of weapons charges. Police have searched the boy's home and confiscated cell phones and laptops to see if there's motive. This article was written before they they had more information about the motive. Um, I saw that on a a Fox video. Okay. Okay. Um, The quote from the... Um, the quote from Mr. Olson just just really made me. Let's see. Um, well, what, really, well, let me tell you. A look, a, a, you look for that while I tell you of another no, quote. I, 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 I've got it here. I've got right. it here. I would like to say how happy I am that everyone is safe after today's incident. This is Olson, the the teacher who tackled the kid. I reacted in a way that any other teacher would react, and at the sound of the gun sh- of a gunshot, had three other adults, including the dean of students Tim Brown, Principal Steve Rude, and Security Officer Jim Be- Beltico, going toward the sound of gunfire rather than away. We will we will all group together as a staff and community like we always do, and continue to put kids first. Now, KC points out that he and now Perrin, the idiot, close Perrin, could easily. G- have gotten himself shot, and in the, in the uh, in the Fox uh, video, first of all, one one of the students was talking about this teacher, and she's shaking her head, and she says, 
part-time teacher, part-time superhero. I mean, <laughs> you know, which which I thought was well said. And then they were talking about the fact that how close the kid came, that there was a an armed police officer there, yeah. and he was he was drawn down on the kid, and, and you know he was going to blow him away. And mm-hmm. just as he was lining up his sights, this other teacher came in and tackled him and saved the kid's life because the, the cop was about to put him down. You know, and then, then we might probably have had riots or something. I don't know. <laughs> I want but, to take a general poll. When you, when, when everyone in here was going to school, there was someone who was bullying you. And it's, it's a fact of life that someone is going to bully you and whatever happens, you're going to take care of it. I know I was bullied, bullied as a child in school. And you know what I ended up doing? I just beat the bully's ass. And I wasn't bullied again. But you have these schools who have adopted a, a zero-tolerance policy for fighting. And you can't defend yourself anymore. Plus, the culture dictates now that you're an innocent little flower. You're a victim. Systemic of the, um, the liberal culture. And we have to do something about the bullying. But what ends up happening is once these people get so abused, they go to a firearm. They bring a firearm to school and say, listen, this is what I have. I don't know how to use it. I saw my dad shoot it a few times. But I know it's going to hurt you. So leave me alone. There is no resolve for problems anymore because the school systems nowadays – they don't want to deal with bullying. They get they kick it down the road. They do. It's a problem that's that's facing probably every school system in the country. There are bullies, and then there are the victims. And if you treat everyone like the victim, which our society dictates at this point, then there is no recourse for stopping the bullying. One of the biggest problems in the in the in this country today is the fact that you have social media where you are pretty much anonymous, but you can do whatever the hell you want to the innocent. Oh yeah, I mean that's and and you know the interesting thing is is um, I have a daughter that's about to be a teenager, and I refuse to let her on social media. The only thing she can actually get on is uh, Pinterest, and, and that I'm a little leery of. But you know, um, she had she had created a Facebook account to play, you know, to use for games. We told her to delete it. No, no, quite delete the thing. And then you've got parents that have kids as young as eight or seven that have Facebook accounts. And you know, it's it, especially with. You know, unlimited, you know, access to internet connectivity. You can't you can't wrap them in cellophane. You can't wrap them in a cellophane, but you know, darn it, the terms of service for Facebook said that you have to be at least, I believe, sixteen. Thirteen, no, probably. 13. That's kind of the standard. Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. I think there's actually a law that says thirteen is the is the standard. Yeah. And, and we're not going to let her. We're probably not going to let her have one until she's sixteen. 
And the the reason it's not because we want to wrap her in cellophane, but you know, just like we're not gonna we're not gonna let her walk walk on Freddie Gray's street. I'm not gonna let her put herself in an environment it, it, that young where people can rip you rip a, a teenager apart to such an extent where they kill themselves. And there are because there's no consequences. Because there is no consequences. I I I should tell you my little story here and then maybe we can move on. For for reasons that I'm not going to get into, I wound up 2 years ahead in my grade. Mhm. So I didn't go through puberty until I was a senior in high school. Oof. Yeah. So the my only choice was to console myself with the expectation that they would all wind up as auto mechanics. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't I wanna, know, though. I, mean, you can make I, I eventually grew up. <laughs> I want to take the opportunity to address the problem at social media. And you have 13 people oh, that see are able what you to, post. Yeah, but what I post is political. I rarely post anything personal about myself on Facebook. Yeah. Now, one of the problems with Facebook is, and for any social media, people don't have the, the wherewithal to know what to post and what not to post. And that's, that's systemic with any uh, age group. Because you have people who will post the stupidest things that end up getting robbed or getting arrested or worse. Because this new advent of social media, we want to let our friends know all of our life details, but we're not smart enough to know how to limit ourselves. And that's where, even if you are 13 and a, a mature 13, you still don't have the wherewithal to know what to post, when to post it, and what not to post, which is a very important factor in what happens in your life outside of that social media group. Yeah, and that's the the problem with kids with social media boils down to the fact that there is no consequence for them saying mean things. Now, there's also no consequence for the parents letting them on. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Part, the parents but, but, are just as stupid as the kids. Because, first of all, they're not monitoring what their kids are posting because they're too busy posting their own crap. Yeah. Well... Let's let's agree that the volunteer part-time teacher did a wonderful job. Yep. Uh, the bully problem has not been solved, and telling uh, you know a, a four foot nine girl or a a boy who's two or three years away from puberty to go defend himself tends not to be a good answer, a good solution. And the schools think these silly social media campaigns against bullying are the end all. Uh, They're pointless. They're wasting their time. They're writing policies that they get to hide behind that don't do anything. 
kids still get bullied all the time. And sometimes they get bullied so badly that they bring a gun to school and shoot shots in the air. That's a fact. And we haven't solved that at all yet. Bullying is one of those things that has been around since the dawn of human evolution. Ugg the caveman was probably bullied by Guga the caveman. But Ugg took a took a, a club to Uga's head. We don't have no. that today. What we do no, have today What we do have today is the means and a better means to bully someone because you can do it from the comfort of your own living room. In your underwear. In your underwear. And you don't have the social recourse to do anything about it. And like I said earlier, when I was bullied, I beat the hell out of my bully. And I wasn't bullied anymore. And because of the of the, the way that the the educational system in this country has been situated, you don't have that recourse anymore. Well, and and let's 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 go to the next article because um, <clears throat> it looks like Hillary is not the only one running for president on the Democrat side. Senator Bernie Sanders, um, the Demo Independent <laughs> uh, from uh, from Vermont, has. Uh, thrown his forehead in the ring. Democratic and, uh, socialist is what he describes himself as. And he says that the U.S. should look more like Scandinavia. Um, he hopes to lead a political revolution for working families and against money in politics uh, in his bid for the White House. Um I think I'm the only candidate who's prepared to take on the billionaire class we need political revolution in this country involving millions of people who are prepared to stand up and say enough is enough, and I want to help lead that effort. So, right. I and and now I'm not. I'm going to say first of all that Senator Bernie Sanders is a successful politician because, if I remember right, he lost the the uh, primary for the Democrat seat and won the seat as an independent. That takes a lot. To do at the state level, and he's running as an he's running as an independent, which automatically lowers his footprint. But I'm I'm almost some of the things that I'm hearing here, and I'm not going to say he is the Democrat version of, but I'm reminded strongly of of Dr. Paul. I'd say um, just with a just with a different message. Wasn't Bernie Sanders a Republican at one time? We converted to uh, in the, became an independent at one, earlier. I thought he was a de- I thought he was a Democrat. Yeah, I, I believe he was a Republican at one point because when he was running, Vermont was actually a a, a Republican state. This was I think I believe twenty years ago at this point, but he became the first one to go from the Republican Party to. An independent while serving in the uh, Senate. I'd have a hard time seeing him as a Republican ever. I doubt. I don't think that uh, that that was probably someone else named Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds strange. I agree, but who knows? Um, we we are talking about Vermont here. Yeah, um, we are now. Now. Some I other names that are now. Sanders. I watched his uh, his announcement speech, and 
you know, first of all, I disagree with everything he said. But he, everything he said, he said clearly so that at the end of his speech, I knew exactly where he stood on everything he spoke about, which is a really rare thing. I think he's loony as, as a duck, but he is a rarity in American politi- politics because he, you know where he stands. He says stuff clearly. Uh, he, there's no um, you know, double meetings, double entendres. He, he, he's a breath of fresh air, but I'm not going to vote for him. <laughs> no. But the way the Democrat primaries are going to play out over the next year and a half, you're going to have everyone who's going to be running as far left as possible. Because, frankly put, in 2004, the Democrat Party really went liberal. And many of the people in the Republican and the Democrat Party see Hillary Clinton as a moderate because of what was done during her husband's uh, presidency. And mm-hmm. most people are going to and, – And what she did as a senator. You're right, and actually what she did as a senator. You're going to see many people who are going to be further to the left than Hillary who are going to come out. Now, Bernie Sanders at this point is a very socialist candidate. Now, it's odd to see him on it. 20 years ago, you would have seen him on a Democrat platform. You would have seen him more of a communist or even a... Well, he's he's a self-avowed... He's a self-avowed socialist. Now, we're almost out of time, and I want to get this in real quick. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to open this up for, for comment. I just want to say that there are additional names that have been added to the Republican side as well. Dr. Ben Carson has officially announced Carly Fiorina, um, the former HP CEO, uh, and um, our friend Mike Huckabee, um, who will be announcing with the base. Um, I'm not sure who's on drums, but that does make for an interesting, uh, an interesting music set. All right, we are uh, sadly out of time. I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show. Uh, thank you for uh, listening. <clears throat> if you liked what you heard, we ask you to blog about us. Tell five of your friends. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter um, at EC Conservative. Visit the website at frontporchtalk.net. Uh, visit the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash front porch political talk, and uh, send us your comments. Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Like the page on Facebook as well uh, while you're there. If you didn't like what you heard, well, you know what? We'll still in- invite you to join us next week where you will probably hear different words in different order. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a good night. Good night, Chuck. <laughs>